Here we go on a Sunday morning in Las Vegas. Getting geared up for July 4th. Coming up, I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here live in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio every Sunday at 8 on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio. The we also includes social media director Spencer The Wiz Ostrovsky. And producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing and being a part of a lot of shows here at Lotus Broadcasting Mags, also serves as the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights radio network and the host of the UNLV football pre-pregame show on our other sister station, ESPN Radio Las Vegas. We are also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Out of Line. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out of Line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio line is 702 876 1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap, brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp, funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 to get information on all of the home financing options currently available in Nevada. On tap, we got a special fact this that'll kick things off this morning. Uh, you know, we've been off. We didn't get to come on last week. Had a little issue uh, producing and all the other stuff. Mags was sick, and uh, Doug Douglas was unable to get here, and everyone else was sleeping, so we didn't have a show. So missed a little bit, but we are going to break down what we thought about the Golden Knights uh, season this past year. And uh, how about free agency and what's been going on, the moves they've been making, what Chris and I have thought about those moves and think about them. Who's going to be in net next year? Got a lot to talk about. Also, uh, the Las Vegas Ace. I should say uh, Las Vegas A's, um, you know, for all practical purposes, they're coming to town. But there's issues with the stadium. And will it be built? Will it be on the Tropicana site? Will the taxpayers pay for this? Will the unions in Las Vegas stop it from coming? Well, well, we've got a guy here who knows all about that. And when it comes to sports business in Las Vegas, there's probably no better place to turn than LVSportsBiz.com. And Alan Snell, who uh, founded and runs that, uh, that online publication, which is excellent. Tons of memberships now, and there's a reason for that. Alan is literally everywhere. That guy goes to every event, isn't everything going on? in Las Vegas, and he'll be here to talk about that. We'll also break down with the Wiz. Uh, we'll do the Bones, man, and talk about the Raiders a little bit and uh, their upcoming season as uh, they they start now. You know, we got to start really thinking a month away, a little over a month away, I should say, from the start of uh, opening of, of camp and uh, fall camp. That's going to be interesting. We'll talk a little bit about the Las Vegas Aces as well. Best team in the NBA, best team in the history of the WNBA. Not sure about that. But um, definitely the best team in the WNBA right now, looking to repeat one loss on the season, which is pretty exceptional considering how many games they played. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit about the Detroit Lions. A good friend of mine, Greg Every, owner of Fanatic U Stores in Detroit, if you're familiar with Michigan, and especially southeastern lower Michigan, you probably have heard of Fanatic U. His primary store right there across the street from Ford Field, nestled under a parking garage in Kitty Corner to... Um, 
Comerica Park, pretty good location. So if you've gone to the to Tigers or Lions games in Detroit, you've probably definitely seen the Fanatic U location. Greg is a diehard Lions fan, as am I, but uh, he's also in a little bit of denial. So I'm going to see if I can't curtail some of that denial a little bit later on this morning. But that is what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home and to refinance the home you currently own, contact Residential Bank Corp, the company that is funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 for details on current home financing options in Nevada. I'm not going to waste any time, guys. I know uh, we haven't talked to each other in a couple weeks, but I want to get right to today's uh, show. So, Spence, go ahead and hit Fact This. Fact This. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact This. It's a fact. This summer in the past, like, three weeks, Spencer has gone from being a, a guy yeah, having a girlfriend, living in his house in Pahrump with his parents, to having his own place, Chris. He now has his own apartment with his girlfriend, first time living with a girl in his life. And number two, he became an uncle just the other day. Last week, his sister gave birth to the first, uh, his first, his first, uh, I got niece or nephew. I'm embarrassed that I can't remember now. I think it's a nephew. And uh, his parents became grandparents for the first time. Um, uh, a really, really cool thing. Uh, Spencer, I wanted to congratulate you. I'm sure Mags uh, echoes those sentiments, but Wow, that, those are some pretty life-changing events, Chris, inside of a month. Moving in for a woman for the first time in your life, Spencer's going to learn a lot, and uh, becoming an uncle for the first time in your life. Yeah, and the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup in these last three weeks, and the Raiders, well, they're still the Raiders. They're the Raiders. So, so things going well for Spence, I guess. Aces keep winning. Yeah, they do. Spence, uh, you, yeah. there you go. Yeah, there, yeah, there he is. Here, yeah. uh, it is really exciting. I've had a lot of great things. I'm very happy, very blessed, and very thankful every day that I wake up for my friends, my family, and my loved ones. It's uh, it's really weird to have a niece. It's, just, it's a different kind of experience, but uh, you know, you just want to take care of them, and you know, I'm trying to give them a little bit of space, but next week, I'm sure I'll be hounding them to take a look at my niece and see if they need anything. Chris, it's amazing. I'm like Chris Wynn betting. I mean, I've only got one side. It's like picking the coin toss, heads or tails, and I say it's a, it's a, it's a boy. I mean, you know, and, and I already knew it was a girl because I've been told that, but that's where my headspace is at. But, you know, like I said, take a, heads or tails, I picked the wrong side. Yeah, you must have been getting your gambling advice there from the mush. <laughs> well, Spencer, congratulations. He's probably listening, I'm sure. I don't know when that guy sleeps. No, no. I mean, that guy has his finger on the trigger of every sports radio show in Las Vegas. He hears everything, even you know, part of just about every show. Like I said, you know, that old joke about where's Waldo? I have a poster at home. And Waldo was either Chris Wynn or Alan Snell. One of the two of them, because you could find them at every single event. You just got to find where they're located. That's yeah, well, all. well, Chris needs to just stop betting parlays and he'd probably be okay. I think so too. I think single bets because, you know, the funny thing is, is Chris knows as much about sports as anybody in this town. Yeah, but I don't know how anyone could be so wrong all the time <laughs> when they make bets. Hey, Chris, that, I say I don't bet because, you know, people ask me advice on games and if I just sit there and simply break it down and analyze it based on my initial thoughts, I do a great job. The minute I start to think about putting money on it, my overanalyzation, the weather comes into a factor, all these stupid things that I start putting together in my my head, and then I change my decision of what I might have done originally, and I lose. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't really bet much either, so, but when I do, I tend to tend to do well, so, it's because I don't bet parlays. 
And, you know, there's that one, uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to go there. I was going to make a joke about a former co-host of a former friend of mine that claims to be, like, the greatest uh, bookie on the face of the oh, earth. Oh, God, yeah. And, um, oh. I, mean, I mean, there's a picture, and I'm not going to mention any names. I'll just say that you can find this guy, if you look in the, the, the cliche dictionary under a legend in his own mind, his picture is right next to that cliche. Well, I, I thought we were going to... Google ignorant fraud. <laughs> well, it might be there too. I don't want to get much more into that, but uh, yeah, you know, there is a lot of prognosticators that claim to be a lot better than. Yeah, they listen. Are. Here, here, and, here's and the, here's wanna, the I'm just going to say, if you uh, want to listen to a real good one that doesn't make any any, you know, if he admits when he's right and he's when he's wrong, and regardless of what you think of the person, I like him. He's a friend of mine. But Tommy Barton and Tim Unglesby on Heatwave Sports. Tommy really does break down sports decently, and he's fairly good at what he does. His percentages are actually accurate on his website, well, which is what you want. his stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean in, when, in advance, when, not yes. after the fact. When, when, when someone's telling you that they're they're winning in the NFL at like 75%, they're lying. They're lying. They're, they're, they're a liar. absolutely bold-faced lying. Listen, uh, let's get right to this again. Spence, congratulations on uh, the last um, the last month of your life. It's been pretty exciting, and Chris kind of tapped into as well that uh, it's been pretty exciting what else has happened here in the past year. We've had two uh, team professional sports franchise championships. Uh, very recently, a major professional team for sports championship, one of the four most prestigious uh, leagues, sports professional leagues in the world here in Las Vegas, and we got our first championship. One of the most epic parades I've ever attended. I've attended a few in Detroit, um, so I have some some sample size, and I've never seen anything quite like it. It was magical, and probably the coolest thing was is how well-behaved and how well-controlled it was for the amount of people that were like in a one-square-mile radius. It was just exceptional. Go ahead and hit fact this, or I mean, excuse me, Spence, hit the nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. Chris, wow is all I can say, man. I mean, I am. Uh, I know you, we've talked about it before, and we've had a chance since you know we, we were on once since the parade. So it's not like it's the first time we've got to break it down, but now kind of a chance to sit back, sit back and absorb everything, and really look at the magnitude of what just happened here in the past six years. You know, starting again, um, not to overplay it or try to make it like a media hype thing, but you know, October first of two thousand seventeen is is a day that it's one of those days like. Uh, September 1st of uh, 2001 that, you know, you'll just never forget where you were, uh, what was happening in your life at that time. And um, it's it's vivid to me, both those incidences, exactly where I were, was when I learned about uh, the tragedies and the... Uh, um, you know the the attacks of nine eleven, and um, of course I remember exactly where I was. Uh, yeah, on October first of two thousand seventeen, both days. Uh, you know, live in history in a, in a horrific way, but uh, also two things that that literally united. One united a country, and one united a city. And um, the Vegas Golden Knights were part of uniting the city because right after that happened, this team went on an epic run and did something unprecedented that has never been done in the history of professional sports before, and that is go from a, a true expansion team 
to a Stanley Cup champion in six years, but the very first year to go to the Stanley Cup finals the way they did it. Uh, you know, yes, to a degree, at that time anyways, they did catch lightning in a bottle. We've seen over time with the body of work that it wasn't that, that it truly was a very well-constructed and orchestrated franchise that was built and geared up for this team to win in six years. Bill Foley, man, not Nostradamus, but the guy uh, made a prediction, had a requirement in his head of what he wanted done, and talk about some getting it done because he put the right pieces in place to make it happen and get it done. But this team is special to me. I know I looked over at you after Game 5 at T-Mobile Arena and you had water in your eyes just like I did. I mean, I, 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 I so humbled to be able to be a part of it and see it happen. And the one thing I will say out there that are naysayers, and I've been posting stuff, we have a little private chat on Facebook, Chris, and on Facebook Messenger, and you saw what I posted. And, you know, and I mean this sincerely because to me, I understand why some people are bitter and they have their reasons with maybe the Vegas Golden Knights, why certain things happen. Maybe they didn't get a job and some of our friends. And I definitely understand those thoughts. But anyone else who's hating on the Vegas Golden Knights out there that's saying this team was stacked from, they had an unfair advantage, they were stacked from day one. I say this and I mean this very emphatically. Number one. Every team got to protect 10 players and a goaltender. That means they're leaving unprotected, at best a third-line player, and their backup goaltender. Okay, that's number one. Number two, the team that won the Stanley Cup here in year six only contained six of those players. Now, yes, some very important ones, a production line that probably has never been constructed uh, so quickly and had such great success as when they constructed the Marcheseau Smith and Carlson line, and those guys were still intact through this season anyways and through the Stanley Cup championship. But again, the most epic run by any team in the history of professional sports, and you can hate on them all they want. Every team had the ability to protect the players that they didn't protect. So if you want to blame anyone blame teams for not properly assessing talent and not properly and not protecting the right players if you want to look at it that way and also understand that every team's front office has the ability to spend the money and get out there and get and construct the team the way they want it put it together get the right coaches in place to gear it towards winning a championship that is what Bill Foley has done people criticized when George McPhee stepped down and Kelly McCrimmon took over oh he's not going to do as good of a job a mistake firing you know getting rid of Marc-Andre Fleury, a mistake bringing in Robin Leonard, all these mistakes, this wrong, that wrong, and here they are, Stanley Cup champions. So you might be you might want you might be a hater and say that a lot's been done wrong, but the bottom line, the goal is to win the Stanley Cup, and they've done that. Well, I mean, here here's here's some numbers for you. The team has existed for six years. They've made the Stanley Cup final twice, winning one. They've been to four conference finals. In six years, they've made the playoffs five of six years. And I think without, I mean, obviously it's, it doesn't matter now, but without the amount of injuries that the team suffered, they would have, they've been, they would have been in the playoffs all six years. I got to just stop you to interrupt because for a thought to, to add to you, and they would have been beyond the first round five of the six years had they not been screwed in the San Jose in game yes. seven. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think. What I've learned in in six years is Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee are the best, one of the, if not the best, front offices in the entire league. Oh, they're architects. I I, I know there have been moments where where I've been, maybe say, critical of some of the moves they've made, and some of the moves they've made have been unpopular, wildly unpopular. But, Brian, 
what you have to understand with these two guys is their desire to win and the desire of their owner, Bill Foley, to win is unprecedented. There's a lot of owners in sports who own teams either for the bragging rights of saying they own a team or for the benefit that they receive from the local taxpayers by getting a new stadium, whatever. Here's something else. The Golden Knights, they didn't make you pay for that arena. It wasn't your tax dollars that built T-Mobile Arena. it It was privately funded. So there was no benefit, at least in that regard, for Bill Foley. He put up Half a billion dollars. Yeah. Let that sink in. Yeah. $500 million to have a team in Las Vegas in the National Hockey League. Yep. Like I said, their desire... The, and as the, involved, Chris, yeah, as he, he was, but, he understood, I am going to hire people that understand hockey and let them do their job, yeah. but I am going to require them to win. Well, that's that's him. Listen, I think, I think every fan base should be lucky... To have, or so lucky to have, an owner and a front office that is as committed to putting a winning franchise on in, in the city that they play in. There's a lot of teams. You look around the NHL. There's a lot of teams that are not committed to winning. Arizona Coyotes, unfortunately, Ottawa Senators have been one of those franchises, yep. and and I think a lot of people would like to see Ottawa do well, but what what these two guys have shown. Uh, McPhee and McCrimmon is that even if they make a mistake, they're still so far ahead of everyone else on the chessboard that they're able to fix and address that mistake. Was was the was was trading away Mark Andre Fleury and signing Robin Leonard to an to, to that five four year deal? Was that the best move? Yes, it Chris, was. You remember my arguments with Mike McKinnon on this show when I said that year. Marc-Andre Fleury's going to be gone, and Ryan Reeves are going to be gone. And he argued with me vehemently, saying they're not. And I was right in both cases. I mean, yeah. I mean, It made sense. You, they would you, both make sense moves. Like, 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 perfect example, right? Like, trading away Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin and getting absolutely nothing in return. You know what they got in return that none of us saw at the, at the time? They got cap space. Yeah. And with that cap space, look at some of the guys. Oh, that they my were, God. They brought in Aiden Hill with the cap space. Right, you probably don't have Aiden Hill if you don't trade away. Uh, well, that Max, was Max I, I'm going to say uh, somebody somebody had a rabbit's yeah, foot. On yeah, yeah, you, you 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 did have that one, and and I remember saying, "Oh, I don't know about that." I brought him up, and you're like, "You're like, yeah, I, I don't know about Aiden Hill and yeah, stuff." Yeah, I, I, and, I and then a week later, the idea. Yeah, 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 a week later, hey, that was pretty good. I been thinking. Yeah, I, mean, I did not by any means predict that Aiden Hill was going to do what no, he did. You, you said a guy like Aiden Hill, and and you know what? But that just that just speaks to. The, the 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 fact that McPhee and McCrimmon have like three queens on their chessboard when they're playing against you because they knew Aiden Hill was a good goalie. They knew that Aiden Hill was capable of helping this team win the Stanley Cup. Did they know if, that he was going to start the Stanley Cup final? One entity knew that, and that was that's called God. Yes, the only yeah. person that knew Aiden Hill was going to do what but, he did. But like the the thing is, like you you look at the moves that these guys have made over the years, and everything is done with the intent on making the team better. Yep. I know, I know, fans and 
You know, I mean, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I really like Riley Smith, the guy. I like Riley Smith, the player. I love what he does in the community. But trading him away, we're going to talk about that. Was 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 something that had to be done. It was, and it's one of those things that hurt. And Chris, I definitely wanted to get into that because I was going to say, you know, the one thing was our biggest takeaways this year, um, you know, and I want to hear yours. And you know, mine was. Um, you know, trust the process. Just reminded me, trust the process. When you see success like you have seen consistently over the past six seasons of this team, and you see changes made, and you're like, oh my God, I mean, my biggest fear the entire season, and I and I never stopped harping on it, was the goaltending situation. We don't have a goaltender with any NHL playoff experience, and the level of play as everyone has now seen, they've in Vegas, there's been enough body of work over the years to see the difference when the playoffs start in the NHL, how much the intensity picks up, the, the physicality of the game and the speed of the game, as fast and as physical as you see it in the regular season, everyone that's watched the postseason realizes by now it's a different animal. So I was concerned about that. My concerns were thwarted and, and very pleasantly surprised at that. So a takeaway was that in goaltending, but my biggest takeaway on the season and my biggest surprise, believe it or not, and, and, and it's Jack Eichel. And it was because I have a friend in Buffalo, you do as well, who's a huge Buffalo fan, Buffalo Sabre fan, who was very pleased and happy when they let Jack Eichel go, saying he's a whiner, there's always something wrong with him, and he and he disappears at the biggest moments. Well, that's what we heard. We saw Jack Eichel tail off. I did a promo on Jack Eichel. I admit 100%. I'm kind of happy because it was like right after that promo, he had to shut me up and make it bad and make me take it off the air because he started playing well. And he continued to play well. And into the playoffs, he did because of his because he didn't score enough goals he wasn't considered an MVP. He was probably fourth in, in if you looked at the voting I'll bet he was fourth. However he was number one in points in the postseason overall in the NHL. And I don't know that there was a more valuable player on any team than Jack Eichel cumulatively for what he brings to every aspect of the game, offensively, defensively, on special teams. This guy is a guy that could be on the ice at any time and pay dividends. And we realize that about him. Yes, we've always known when he was drafted behind Connor McDavid that this guy has special skills. However, we've always heard these naysayers and we've 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 thought it ourselves can a guy come back from this type of back surgery that was almost somewhat experimental that's why buffalo didn't want to do the back surgery and let neck, it go away neck neck, excuse me neck surgery and uh you know and and yet look at him now he this year alone if he never does anything else this year alone he paid dividends because the vegas gold knights have a stanley cup and i will say this and i mean this emphatically without jack eichel they do not well, of course they don't, but you know, like, like I, I was gonna say, like the thing with Jack Eichel is, I think he's a lot better than any of us could have imagined. Yep. Um, it, like, it's not so much the goals, right? I mean, I'd like to, see, I think everybody would like to see him score more goals, but the bottom line is his distribution of the puck is phenomenal. His vision when he has the puck on his stick is phenomenal. The speed in which he's able to skate through the neutral zone is is unbelievable, and you know the the other the other aspect of his game that I don't think clearly gets talked about enough 
is how good he is on the back check. Oh my god! Like he he was a like that. Was you know what, it, Chris? What, the one thing I'll say the back check part of it is, and it's not a term I've ever heard in hockey. I'm making it up right now. Stick strength. That guy is so strong with the yes. puck on his stick. It's incredible. He may be one of the most difficult players to take the puck away from yeah. than anybody he, in the he, NHL. He truly is. Like he is so good on the puck. He's so strong on the puck. It's so hard to knock him off the puck. Like, I didn't know how good he was. How good is he at taking away the puck? Well, Remember that steal? I, I mean, guess, oh my God, yeah, he should have gone to jail. Yeah. That was criminal what yeah. he did. But, but like, you know, the, the other aspect of this team that, you know, my biggest takeaway, the Golden Knights don't have any all-stars on their blue line. I mean, I know Alex Petrangelo has played in an all-star game, but, like, they don't have any all-stars on the blue line. Yet they have... Shea Theodore? No. Yet they have gonna be. the best blue line in the NHL. From top to bottom, there is no better top six defenseman as a unit in the league than what the Golden Knights have. And that's why they won the Stanley Cup. Because of the strength of their defense and how... They're constructed. Well, the defensive philosophy of Bruce well, Cassidy, but, but they're too. constructed in such a way that they complement each other so well. And and here's the thing, Brian. I watched Caden Korzak play. I watched Braden Pahal play, and I watched Ben Hutton play. Those three guys would be on an NHL would, roster. Would be playing on yeah. a lot of other teams around the league, and yet they can't they can't break into the lineup. Like I think Braden Pahal, when I watch him play. I think he's going to be a really good player. Oh, I do too, and I think as time goes on, he'll get more playing time. But the, Chris, to your point on the blue line, it's guys like you know Al, the stars, Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore. But it's the blue collar players like Alec Martinez and Braden McNabb that make them so good. Number one and number two in shot blocking, um, respectively, this season, and that right there is 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 an art in the NHL that takes gigantic cojones, and um, it's what makes a team really good when you're blocking shots in front of the net. There's nothing like it. And those two guys are a big reason for this. And the last thing I'll say, and, uh, and bring in Alan Snell in now, LVSportsBiz.com. And again, the place to go if you want to learn what's going on in Las Vegas with any of the sporting franchises when it comes to the business element of sports. Alan Snell is on top of it as much as anybody else. And I'm not blowing smoke because Alan's a friend of mine. He is really good at what he does. And the key is, I, do, I have not been to a, an event Event that has any kind of significance or importance that relates to sports in Las Vegas and not seeing Alan Snell, or if he can't make it, LVSportsBiz.com represented there. That's how strong that publication is in Las Vegas, and an online publication that I'm telling you you can find out anything you want to know about LV Sports, uh, or about Las Vegas sports business side. Go to, go to LVSports.com. It's entertaining, and it's a great read, and the most important thing, it's accurate and up-to-date. Alan, first of all, where are you at, my friend? I know Alan's out on the road. He said he might be on the strip today, but this guy is always on his bike somewhere, an advocate of bike safety for a reason, an uh, uh, accomplished author now, and now, again, a guest of Out of Line. How you doing, my friend? Brian and company, how are you? I am on Hacienda. I paid a a quick little pit stop at T-Mobile Arena, home of the Golden Knights, and then on the way, you got to stop off at Raiders Stadium. That's a very impressively built stadium, built with your public money, $750 million of your public dollars poured into the construction. So I like to just stop in and see what's going on there. 
Well, I know you you stop in and see what's going on everywhere, and you do know. And Ellie, you know, we've been talking about the Golden Knights, and and before we get completely off this subject and jump over to the Oakland, uh, to the Oakland potentially future Las Vegas Athletics, let's talk a little quickly about the Golden Knights because Alan, just like me and Chris, you have been there since day one. You were there when this team started. You had just recently moved back to Vegas, and you would come back to Vegas after an absolute tragedy, something that almost took your life, a, a biking accident in uh, Florida that you wrote, you've written a book about, and uh, it, it inspired you to chase after your dream, to, to come up with the publication and talk about business in Las Vegas and sports business. You've done that, and to culminate like with the Golden Knights, it's as special to you as it is to anybody out there, because it's motivated you and changed your life as well. Alan, your takeaways from this year and from what you've seen this Golden Knights team in the last six years? Well, I mean, you're talking about a homegrown product, and you have a unique relationship between sports franchise and the community, and it's something that it's the first major league team of Las Vegas. It was Then you layer on October 1st the uh, mass killing on the Strip, and you know, you have a sports franchise that really transcends sports. I mean, it's a community institution now, and as a result, from my financial standpoint, Bill Foley's doing very well. You know, this is everyone in our little world, we think, you know, this is a huge market, but we're actually the 40th biggest TV market. We're not a gigantic sports market, but the Golden Knights rank very high in terms of revenues from ticket sales and merchandise, and they do really well for a smaller market team. So that that um, outpouring of civic euphoria that you saw a few weeks ago, that has been parlayed into a financially successful franchise as well, Brian. Oh, no doubt about it. Bill Foley has done it right and, and, and put everything in place to make them successful, both on the ice and off the ice. He's done such a phenomenal job getting the right places pieces in place to, again, uh, you know, design and put this team together. And again, you know, Chris and I talked about a little bit ago, George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon, as good as professional architects as I've ever seen as far as putting a team together and getting the right pieces in place to be successful and you know now there's some changes being made Aiden Hill gets his contract next year we're going to see a I, I believe a true battle for that number one goaltending position I think you might see an on again off again two two-headed monster between the pipes for the Vegas Golden Knights if both of them have success which they're both going to be set up to have success Riley Smith now gone a Pittsburgh Penguin a lot of people pretty upset about that but if you got if everyone out there Alan was paying attention we saw Ivan Barbashev come in. He became a priority. Uh, Riley Smith, you know, a younger guy, five years younger than Riley. You know, Riley, 32 years old. Not that he's old yet, still has a couple of great years left in the tank, but I think now, probably you were going to get the greatest value from him, and more importantly than anything, alleviate cap space to be able to get done the things that they need to get done. And I think Riley Smith, based on looking at the entire picture, Alan, Riley Smith was a guy that was expendable. Well, I mean, he, uh, you know, he, he's, he has a sizable cap hit. He's a little older. And if you notice, uh, Bruce Cassidy likes to kind of use his lines with using, like, two strong guys like 
tearing up um, Marcheseau with Eichel, and then they threw in Barbashev. You had, um, you know, the same thing with Stevenson and Stone, and then you threw in Howden. And with Carlson on the third line, you know, you'll probably see, like, Amadio and then another winger that they're trying to develop, you know, be a, a third line. So, you know, those, those are the uh, decisions you make. He was very popular. He was also uh, a figure in that charity softball game that's coming up, you know, against the Raiders. And, you know, he was a very, he was a pro. What can you say? I mean, he was a uh, stand-up professional, and that's, uh, that's, and that's business in the NHL. He'll long be remembered here in Las Vegas as one of the original misfits on the original production line of this team. He'll never be forgotten, and he'll be in the history books in Vegas Golden Knights. I think it was a good move for them. I think moving forward, um, again, I will question nothing that this team does moving forward. Far be it from anyone, even hockey expert, to question it, because as long as they continue to do the right thing, that old that one of the oldest lines in the book, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Nothing to fix there. Alan, real quick, about three minutes left to keep you. I know we got to let you get back on the road. Alan, the A's are still coming to Las Vegas, right? Well, um, I'd say it's about, if I had to put odds, I'd say 80 to 20. Yeah, 80% that they're coming. I mean, Major League Baseball still has to approve the deal. 75% of the owners still have to do it. Keep in mind, Brian, that when you say come to Las Vegas, they're not coming <laughs> anytime soon. Right. That stadium is supposed to be open at 2028. That's five years from now. So, well, they're, and they're not, not even. Re- any- if they, I was going to say, Ellen, if, they, if, they, if the Tropicana ends up being the site, the Tropicana is not even getting imploded for another two years. Well, they have to demolish all the buildings at the site. Yep. There's, they have to demolish it. And then they're going to build the stadium supposedly in the far east side of the property and the south side. But if you saw the renderings, it kind of takes up half the property. Um, those renderings were kind of a little funky. And they do plan to build a new hotel on the site, supposedly. But, you know, the whole process has been kind of like magic. You know, it's very typical like Vegas. I mean... They have three public hearings in Carson City in eight days. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. They passed it, and it was passed rather easily. The Senate and the Assembly passed it easily, and Joe Lombardo obviously was behind it from the get-go. He signed it, obviously, as a... um, That was, you know, pretty much no-brainer on that for him because he was in on the deal from the get-go, so... um, I'd say 80% yes, they'll come. And when they come, it's 2028. People have to remember that. Also, they are not going to play at the Summerlin Baseball Park. No. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's not it, going to happen. They're going to have to beg the city of Oakland. Well, they have the Coliseum in Oakland through 2024, and they're just going to have to beg Oakland to extend one year leases through 2025, 26, 27, and even right now, the relations are very strained. And, you know, by writing all these stories, I've really gotten to know so many of the A's sports fans. They are a passionate, crazy, zany bunch. And, you know, it's, uh, 
it's, it's kind of sad because, you know, it's kind of the inverse of what you saw with the Golden Knights. You saw this outpouring of emotional euphoria. You know, we were there on that, on the big night. And William Carlson had his speech and his words are on T-shirts now. And, you know, it, <laughs> it was an amazing night. But, you know, the opposite is happening in Oakland where they're literally tearing the hearts out of a very passionate and loyal fan base. Well, they are, and the other thing is passionate and, and loyal, and, and the thing is the Oakland A's, obviously one of the bottom dwellers in the in Major League Baseball and, and struggling and, um, you know, not putting any fans in the stadium, and my fear is if they know 100% they're leaving and they beg for those one-year leases up until 2028 when they're, they would come here, um, you know, are the fans going to even show up at the games? Are they going to show up with paper bags over their heads? Are they going to rebel and say, we're not going to invest any money into this it's going to be interesting because they are very passionate fans and uh with the team not having success on the field and it gives them even more reason to not show up but anyways alan listen we've, we we do have to run i know it's time the last thing i'm going to ask you just real quickly because we're having some problem with the wind out there i just wanted to ask you what happens to the las vegas aviators if the las vegas has the a's when they do come you've got that brand new ballpark probably the most state-of-the-art facility in all of minor league baseball here here in Las Vegas, what happens to, to the Las Vegas ballpark? And more importantly, you know, is there really going to be a market for a minor league, a triple-A team here once you have the A's playing on the other side of town? Yeah, I think so, and here's why. The Oakland Athletics or Las Vegas Athletics, if they play on the Tropicana site, will be a tourism uh, act. I mean, it's basically going to be a competing against Carrot Top and Cirque du Soleil and Blue Man Group. That's going to be a tourism attraction, Brian. The AAA team in Summerlin will, if they play their cards right, could be the affordable alternative for people who want to spend 15, 20 bucks on a ticket. The parking is free. Relatively speaking, it's a kind of a, compared to going to the strip, it's a pretty easy trip and commute. So I think that, it, that they will have. I mean, don't get me wrong, there will be some competition, but if they market themselves as the family, affordable alternative, easy in, easy out, no parking costs, I think there will always be a a space for the AAA team. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think the biggest thing is if they remain the AAA franchise of the of the A's, you know, you could promote them at A's games by maybe giving away tickets to go see the Aviators. There's ways you could cross promote, and that might work as well. He is Alan Snell, the main man behind LVSportsBiz.com, the number one place to go for sports business in Las Vegas. Alan, appreciate you stepping off the bike and giving us some time this morning. And you came along for the ride, my friend. We are just on Durango, and you and your readers have been biking with me. I just want to, as a parting thought, please look for bicyclists and pedestrians at all street corners. Move over a lane. The state law says you move over a lane to pass a bicyclist. This is, at the end of the day, we all want to get home alive. Just drive your cars in a careful, safe manner and be on the lookout for people who walk and bike at, at corners and intersections. Well said, and we appreciate you, my friend. Alan Snell, once again, LVSportsBiz.com. You be safe out there and look out for him, and I agree with you. Motorists, give, a, give, give the right away, man. Appreciate you. 
You know, I'm going to say I disagree with something that, that you guys just talked about. I don't think the AAA team stays here. You know why? Because there is such a backlash towards this move by the local community that if the A's struggle and the Aviators outdraw them attendance-wise like they are now, I think I think as much as you guys think it's a touristy thing, they don't. The Oakland A's coming to what Las Vegas. What do you mean, Vegas, you guys? I didn't. Well, say, I, right, didn't but, I didn't. I well, did not st- chime in I, on that. I I think if this team struggles when they move here, combined with the fact that literally nobody wants them to come here, I think if they struggle to to, to draw attendance and they get outdrawn by the AAA club by the Aviators, that's a really really bad look. Oh, it'd be terrible. And, and and here's the other thing, it's not just a bad look for them. It's a horrific look for all the politicians from the county commissioners and and everyone involved, whoever, you know, city council, all the way up to Governor Lombardo. If the A's come here and they are a flop and they bomb because they suck, combined with the fact that their owner is not very well liked, combined with the fact that we don't want them. It's bad, bad news we'll, for we'll a lot see. of people. I, I just think, Chris, you know, as long as they price it right, they come out with They're some... They're not going to price well, it right, well, though. You don't you don't build no, that ballpark. I, I'm, I, I'm just saying, you know, Chris, like like I said, they're going to have to figure out a way to price it right. And I know there's, it's almost impossible. I'm just saying the way to make it happen, it will be they a two go from The stadium from, will, will probably be incredible. It is in Las Vegas, and I do think people will attend no, Major League no. Baseball games Look, in Las Vegas. when the Yankees come out here, sure. When the Cubs... Red Sox, Red Cubs, Sox. But you know what? Tigers, I'm, believe it or not. I'm wearing a Pirates hat. When the Pirates come here, you think they're going to draw? Yeah, they'll have 36 when, when people the, here. When the Mariners come that's here, when you, you think have, they're going to the, draw? That's when you have Hot Dog Day at the, the ballpark. The Brewers. All right, I know what you're saying. Hey, let's the move Royals. On. I know what you're saying. There's a lot I, of teams in baseball nobody I cares think, about. I think sports in general will be successful in Las Vegas because it's a touristy place and it's something to do in Las Vegas if you have a retractable roof, which is what they're talking about putting on the stadium, and so you can keep at it At the end cool of the day, there. they don't survive without the support of the locals. Uh, well, I, I, you, can't, you don't survive in anything without the support, the support of the locals. So, And I think they'll, I think, I think they'll have have it better than you think. Again, I get what you're saying, though. Real quick, uh, I want to make sure we get to Greg and keep things rolling. We've got the bones. Uh, Spencer, I'm going to bring you in for the bones on the Las Vegas Raiders. We haven't talked about them in a little bit. Got a little over a month away from, uh, just about a month away, actually, from the start of camp in the fall. Uh, will Jimmy Garoppolo be healthy to start camp? Will he be healthy by the start of the season? But the biggest thing I want to know from you, Spencer, with, it, with, with two minutes you take over, this Raiders offseason their moves. Will they be be improved about the same or worse? Yeah, I would say this is a better football team uh, than it was last year. I think that I've been talking about this a lot and I think that they've spent the last season and a half or season and so just getting rid of what happened before the Jonathan Abrams. I mean, this guy was starting last year at strong safety. He's not even going to be playing in the league this year most likely and if he is, he was going to struggle to get to the field, probably get cut around during camp. You had guys like Cleland Farrell who just aren't cutting it. So I think that takes a lot of time to get through. You know, you normally it's really hard to cut ties with these people because they're first round picks. Damon Arnett kind of ruined his own career. So all these things are happening and somehow they were trying to run a football team and somehow they actually won seven games out of it. Obviously, the biggest change from last year is Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think it is an improvement. Now, is Jimmy Garoppolo significantly better than Derek Carr? Probably not. I mean, they're about the same player, right? QB 15 versus QB 16. 
But I think when you look at it, one has playoff experience. Uh, one doesn't have any drama associated with the organization. Some of that obviously doesn't fall on Derek Carr's like lap. But let's be honest, like all these things we think of for all the accidents that the Henry Ruggs stuff, it, it kind of fell in Derek Carr's lap. And I think that's finally good for them to, to move on from all of that and to move forward. So that's been really good. Other than that, it's been a lot of drafting. I think that when you see Dave and the way that he runs the team, it is like the Patriots, right? They don't make a lot of big trades. They trade for Devontae Adams. But other than that, it's been pretty quiet. They do get a lot of draft capital. They move up to get their guys. They move back. They do all these things. So I think it's going to be a lot of development this year. Um, whether or not that's going to be more than seven wins, I don't know. But to answer your question specifically, has the team improved? I say 100% yes. And if you are interested in hearing my full opinions on this uh, depth chart, uh, there is a video releasing at nine on World of Matchups. I do a, a football show on Saturdays with somebody. So if you want to know every single position group for the Raiders and what I think of them, you can watch it literally right after the show ends. The Wiz is a longstanding Raiders fan. He he has loved them uh, since he was uh, the old cliche of knee-high to a toadstool. That was Spencer. Uh, he's paid attention a long time. He's bitter with them and bitter because he hasn't seen success in their lifetime, but he knows better than to get into bitterness when you're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders or any football team or, as a matter of fact, any sports franchise in the world because all I have to say is uh, two words to him, and that is going to segue us into uh, my guest who is on the phone from Detroit at the Rocket Mortgage uh, uh, golf outing right now going on in Detroit. Uh, I should say the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, if I did, I think I did say that. But um, he's, uh, like me, a Detroit fan. So when it comes to lack of success by a professional team, for God's sakes, look at all of our teams right now. Uh, we're all in Detroit trying to decide which one, which team is going to be the next team to make the freaking playoffs. It's been over 10 years and not one Detroit franchise has even played in a playoff game. That's repulsive and disgusting for all of us Detroit fans. Poor Greg, who is also the owner of one of my favorite places to visit when I go to Detroit. There's a few stores out there called Fanatic U. Uh, a great store that, if you, as I said at the top of the hour, if you've been to uh, Comerica Park or Ford Field, you've probably seen it is nestled right there across the street from Ford Field and kind of kitty corner to Comerica Park. And um, he sells everything sports, mostly Detroit related sports, the universities from University of Michigan, Michigan State University, and of course all the Detroit teams. Greg's recently son was an All-American baseball player for the second year in a row uh, at this at the lower levels, like club college baseball. The kid's really, really good. He's also really, really smart. Graduated college, made his parents extremely proud, so congrats to Chase out there. I want to make sure I get that in on the air as well. But Greg and I, as much as I love this guy, one of my best and dearest friends in the world, I remember Greg when he had a 700 square foot store up in Westland and boy things have changed since then but um, we clash when it comes to the Detroit Lions because Greg is the eternal optimist now I'm an optimistic positive smiling guy but 65 years in one playoff win gets me to stop being so smiley and optimistic especially considering that the Detroit Lions are my favorite all team in the world, bar none, because the NFL is my favorite sport to watch. They're my favorite and only team that I love in the NFL, and uh, they don't win. Greg, first of all, how yeah. are you doing out there at the golf outing, man? What's going on? That's, uh, playing the rain. Uh, we just kind of were watching Ricky Fowler. He just finished the 11th green, and uh, I'm actually re-watching his tee shot in about uh, 15 seconds. 
Oh, there you go. Well, it was nice to see Ricky uh, playing well again, man. He lost his PGA Tour card there for a minute. Uh, a fan favorite, especially on the women's side. They love Ricky, and he used to have that long, flowing uh, hair. Uh, one of the guys, I think, that's competed in the most majors without winning one to this point. Man, it looked like he was really uh, hanging in there at the U.S. Open, and for a minute we thought it might be Ricky Fowler's time, but uh, wasn't to be this time. But he's definitely playing good golf again. And like everyone else, what, what, what was killing him was the short blade the blade it kills everyone you see most people's careers start going in the tank when they when they lose the ability to putt and uh ricky did for a minute but he went and got butch Harmon, of course tiger woods old golf coach to help him out and he's playing really good golf again greg we're not going to talk about the the rock financial uh, or, uh rocket mortgage golf out or anything we're going to talk one about- second you, you have you looked at your phone the last 20 minutes uh no i have not I, I sent you the video. I witnessed Max Holman's hole in one. Oh, that's uh, uh, he's a hole in one on fifteen, and I, I think it was fifteen. I witnessed it. It was amazing. I would have sent it. To, I would have sent it thirty feet. I would have sent it to Spencer to play in the air. But in in the limited time, I want to get you talking about our Detroit Lions. And you know, you know the way we both feel about them. You know, I love them with all my heart. Like people tell me, fair weather bandwagon. You know damn well I'm neither one of those things. I am just a realist, and I. You're I a am, huge fan. You named your son after Barry Sanders. Well, yeah, that, I mean, I, sick, we, we, we all know I'm sick. We know uh, beside being a fan for five seasons, I was employed, gamely employed by the Detroit Lions radio network, CBS That's Sports right. Radio. So I've been a part of this team for years. My dad started with season tickets back in 1975 when the Silverdome came into existence. I had seen games before that at Tiger Stadium. I have bled Honolulu blue and silver my entire life, and I've done a lot of bleeding, Greg. It's amazing. I think we only have five full units of blood in our system. I've, I've bled four and a half of them out. I've only got about a half a unit left in my system right now. I can't afford to bleed anymore, or I'm going to bleed out. So oh, I've bro, decided. I, you know, I'm I've trying decided, to bring you back, and you just you're refusing. You're waiting Greg, for that I, first playoff win. I know. I've that, decided. I've decided. It's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. Greg, I've decided to wait and 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 change my motto. I'm from the, the initials of the state of Michigan are MI. Missouri is close at MO. I'm going with MO because it's show me. Show me. I am t- now. <laughs> the Lions will have to show me a playoff victory before I am going to drink any more Kool Aid. Have I? Taking a sips, as you know, we've talked privately, and I said privately, I have taken a few sips of the Kool-Aid. But I, I still see things that make me think same old Lions. You get rid of a tight end to save $20 million. The Vikings team can't stop talking enough about how happy they are that they feel they've got one of the best tight ends in the game. You and everyone else tells me, well, don't worry, we've got these two other tight ends that are great. They statistically perform better than him, and yet the Detroit Lions go out and spend a top second-round draft pick on a tight end from the same damn university they got T.J. Hawkinson from. And I, I wonder, well, I thought we had two great tight ends. We didn't need another tight end. Obviously, yeah. we did. So those kind of things make remind me of moves that Detroit Lions regimes have been making since I was a little kid. Well, that we didn't got that tight well. end for about $10 million less. So uh, that's, okay, that's we can say that, but he's stands. an unproven rookie coming in, True. and T.J. Hawkinson is showing that he does have the ability to be an upper echelon tight end. I'm going to leave that one alone. That's one little subject matter. <laughs> However, on the other hand, they have made some incredible t- t- free agent moves. They have d- d- shored up their defensive secondary. At the skill set position, if they could, if the, if the guys could quit gambling, they would have a hell of a skill set. Free J-Mo. 
I mean, my God, Nevin. But when they are all playing and not gambling and all on the field, they really do look like a good skill set team. I was not thrilled with their first overall pick. I, I liked a few defensive guys better. However, this guy does look like he potentially has an elite skill set. Going and getting Montgomery from the Bears gives him a good backup. Although, you get rid of a couple of guys that played very well last year, that played exceptionally well last year, and you break it up. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't really understand that, but they did it. You've got St. Brown, and again, as you talked about, uh, uh, you know, uh, the guy that uh, isn't going to be there for the first few games, but offensively, they look really good. Picking up Hooker from Tennessee, the this kid, if he recovers from that knee injury that he had last season, this guy looks like what a great era, potential era pair oh to Jared Goff. A lot, a lot of but good again, things to say about it. Again, potential. Look it up. It is right. nothing more than un. Proven talent. That is what potential is. This team has a ton of potential, Greg. Is potential going to truly amount to wins? And if so, tell me why. Potential? Um, why is it I going think, to amount uh, to wins for the Detroit Lions this year? What's that again? Why is this potential going to amount to wins for the Detroit Lions this year? Well, because going off of what... Um uh, ben Johnson did last year with the offense. We got a better offense. We've we've shored up our defense. Uh, let's admit it. Green Bay is not going to be the team they were last year without Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Minnesota. And uh, yeah, I don't think Minnesota is kind of a pretender. They won a ton of games by just marginally got smoked. And Lions were even favored over them when they played them, and they had ten wins. And Lions were like two and ten. It was it was it was sick. Lions were under five hundred, and Minnesota was ten and two. We were still favored. And. Uh, I think just all that put together, and, and Chicago's not there yet either. Um, so I think the division is in our hands, is ours to lose. And you, as, you and I know that when it's ours to lose, we're definitely potentially can do that. They find ways. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yes, it's and, and snake pit, and people get injuries. People get killed in their front yards gardening by truck drivers that fall asleep. I mean, these are things that happen to the Detroit Lions. Paralyzations, broken spines. We've been dealing with it our entire yes. life, Greg. And maybe not this year. Maybe I like the regime. Sheila Ford Hamp still has Ford in her name. I know she seems more committed to winning, but it's still the same family that's owning the team, that, that, that part of the snake pit organization. I get it. Forever, we are going to see what happens. This team but has all letting those guys do their thing. That's well, well, and and hopefully those guys can do their thing, and that's what we're going to see. You know, giving them the freedom to do it and actually doing it are going to be two completely different things. Is it going to happen? Like I said, cautiously optimistic. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll see what happens. He is Greg Every again. Fanatic U stores in Detroit. If you haven't checked them out, my favorite ones right down by Comerica Park and uh, and Ford Field. He's got every. Everything you can want, Detroit or Michigan sports-wise, college or pros. Yeah, loaded with Lions gear this year. He, he's, he's loading up, man. So go get your golf jersey today. Greg, we appreciate you. I appreciate you joining the show. I know you and I will have a lot of banner between now and the end of the, yeah. of the NFL season. I hope that this year, because again, you say they should win the decision. Packers are out without Rodgers. Vikings showed us they were a house of cards last year. And the Bears are the Bears. This is the year for the Lions to capture the NFC North division for the first time ever and a division champion for the first time in over 30 years. Greg, we appreciate you, man. You're taking baby steps. I appreciate it. I like it, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. Again, that's Greg Evie. I'm Brian Feldman. We are out of time. You hear the music. The Aces win again. One loss on the season. Uh, as good 
as any team in the WNBA. I don't know what it would take for them to not win a back-to-back WNBA championships. Don't know what it would be. I'm Brian Feldman. Want to thank Alan Snell. Thank my friend Greg Every. Thank Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski in the green room taking care of everything as he always does. And of course, Chris Magnum Chapman behind the wheels of steel. Couldn't have the show without him. We'll be back same time next week. You are listening to Out of Line, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, uh, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. We'll see you. Bye.